Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I open my heart to connect with the divine creatures within my world. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And I've got a really bad cold. <laughs> sound like it though you sound fine i sound a bit husky so if i cough during the next half hour i know you'll all forgive me i'm processing emotions right now in my lungs and throat so i know that everyone's down with that so we're just letting my body do what it needs to do but i might sound a bit a little bit husky yeah we're walking our talk yes so we're going to talk about something we've never talked about today animals and pets (laughs) who doesn't have a pet come on or who doesn't have birds in the trees outside who doesn't have access every day to some form of nature even if it's the caterpillar on the leaf or the ladybird that flies onto your rose outside in the garden there are animals all around us well interestingly for many many years i avoided animals did you i know and i mean having pets you mean or what having pets and i i just didn't like them I know, isn't that interesting? And I just thought I'm just not a pet lover. This is a confession. um, It is a confession because, and you know, people would say I don't trust people that don't love animals. And I get where they come from with that. But it wasn't until years later that I worked out why I have such empathy for animals and I can't control their arena that I couldn't take it on. Okay. So does this go into like animal cruelty and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, it does. It does. Mm-hmm. But I never realized that's what the, blo- what the block was until more recently. So, for example, we've got hens at home. I freak out that, um, well, as you know, it started with the lovebirds was that I was gifted and it was they're in a cage. The cage isn't big enough, so I get bigger cage. <laughs> and then it was one dies and they can't be alone, so then you get another one and so then you're perpetually on this cycle of, of, of making sure that all animals have to have friends and creatures of their own making, their own design. And, you know, I just find it really hard. It's like having children, you just worry about them all it the time. Is. It is. Exactly. And there's no end to it. Just when you think you solve one problem, the next problem comes Yeah, up. exactly. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, beautiful. Or, like, we lost one of my hens during our heat wave, you know, our 45-degree yeah. week-long heat wave. And that consumed me with tears for a week because the guilt you killed it well exactly because i thought well you know i could have been working from home that day i could have been there i could have been squirting all the the um fruit trees that they live under and around and in and sleep in i could have been squirting that with water and you know oh it's the responsibility because i take it so so real the thing about animals which the people that I've met who are highly, highly sensitive about animals and their plight and their cause, you know, they they give a lot of their money to animal charities or welfare, they vegetarian or vegan. Um, the thing that they that they describe as being one of the reasons why it affects them so deeply is because animals have that silent voice in our in our society. You know that they are the ones who have to suffer in silence because they can't stand up for themselves. They don't have the words. They can't picket. You know a rally. They can't jump on Facebook and open a page of awareness. You know we we obviously their their lives are in our hands. They are. They are vulnerable and helpless souls who we have been entrusted into our care. Um, and, yeah, it abs- I can see how it absolutely breaks some people apart. Well, I've got a little issue going on with my little dog at home at the moment, my little little white fluffy Maltese Shih Tzu who's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So in the end, I decided I wanted a cat because I had actually grown up with cats and my husband had grown up with dogs, so he wanted a dog. So we compromised and got a Maltese Shih Tzu right. who sits on my lap like a cat. Yes. Yeah, she's a lovely <laughs> that runs animal. around like a dog with 
with the children and, and Simon. However, we have a battle going on in my house because she is doing wheeze on the carpet. And the more that we clean it, the more that she's doing it and marking her territory to the point. And my husband is saying, she's sleeping outside. I can't do that. This dear little thing has been with us for nearly five years. Yeah. She is such an energetic balancer. And I think that's what I love about animals is that they balance. They're so stable in their energetic world. They are completely, completely balanced, completely in the now moment. And they gift us with that to help us to balance our energy. You know, if you're flopped around, a lot of animals are flopped around you and you're in an emotional state, they will absolutely help balance your energy. And how they take them into nursing homes and people pat them to lower their blood pressure, but we know it's more than that. Exactly. That's right. Mm. This little dog, like we've got tiles through most of our house, except where the carpet is that she's weeing on. Um, but I, so I can hear her little, um, toes, you know, the little toenails. Clicking cores, that's it, clicking down the passage in the middle of the night. She spends equal time on the three beds in our house. So she spends a third of the night on uh, on Simon's and my bed, a third on Tara's, and a third on Zoe's. And it's really, really cute how she does that. Yeah. It's quite sweet. But so this little dog, having lived on our beds, in our beds, you know, half the time she's under the doona with the head on the pillow next to the kids. Um, <laughs> The thought of her being put outside is just not an option. Right. So, so why is she weighing? This is why I thought we need to do this podcast because just prior to starting recording, we've changed topics because Beck said, I need to do emotional work on my dog. So I do because I also realized that recently the girls have been incredibly busy and for my thinking or feeling a little bit too busy and, you know, we'll look at addressing that as their commitments finish. Um, the dog's been actually ignored. The dog hasn't had the same attention, the same amount of walks, the same amount of games being played. Yeah. And hard. so I think she's going, well, I'm going to make you notice me. So the question is, people, if you have pets which you feel have issues which you know they do animals present with all kinds of things sometimes there's nervous shaking dogs or sometimes there's uh you know dogs that bark really viciously and don't trust you maybe they came from a funny house before you got them or something um oh you're probably all running through your own heads right now all the scenarios of pets that you've come across you know birds that keep picking at themselves or their feathers drop out or all yeah. kinds of things like that even my dog actually licks himself obsessively in a patch on his skin which you know why do animals do this I'm, i i've seen people bring their animals into chiropractors before to have their uh, spines adjusted. Um, and wow, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, even people have bought like guinea pigs and bunny rabbits in. And in Japan, there's a massive industry going in the racehorse industry at the moment where they're bringing in chiropractors. They actually use hammers to adjust the horse's vertebra because their you know bones are so huge. Uh, well, special wow, hammers, special hammers. Um, yeah, to, to bang them back into shape so their horses perform yes, better. I don't want to go on record and say I don't like horse racing. Oh, yes, okay. Well, they're they're cool, um, and I don't think the horses like it either i'm sure they don't no absolutely um but emotional work for our pets well um so i'm thinking if we can do eft which is you know tapping emotional freedom technique tapping on different meridians of the body i'm thinking surely that could work for animals too Uh, but i'm also thinking if you could hold a pet on your lap or just in your arms or sit next to it while it's sleeping and put your hand on it i mean you can you can give it reiki you can tune in intuitively and talk to it using pet telepathy and, ah, that's my field. Hmm. Except that I can't, I don't hear back. I can project a message to creatures. Right. 
but I don't hear back. Jane's going to tell her Australia Z story now. Am I? Okay. Yeah, go on. All right. So had a beautiful holiday with the family. Oh, it's about seven or eight years ago. And um, one of my children, we took them out of school to go up to Queensland and do this beautiful um, trip. Well, we did a day trip up there to Australia Zoo, which is um, was founded by Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. Great crocodile. What am I calling? I'm going to call him an animal whisperer. He, yes, exactly. Because he he's was a beautiful wildlife warrior. So such an elemental meaning. His his energy was just so deeply earthy and environmental, and just you know, it's like he came from a planet that was animals and fairies or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so the first thing that I observed when I went to this zoo, now I'm, again, really struggle with zoos because I just think everybody needs to be free. However, um, this is the world we live in. And I'd heard that Australia Zoo was really beautiful. The first thing I observed was that the animals were more alert than I'd ever seen before in zoos. Mm. And I thought, well, that's a high vibration, you know, that this place has really got the peak of the staff that are, running this beautifully they're being looked after and they know it and the animals are happier yeah exactly so they were more alert they were and by that i mean that they were more active they were moving around more they were they were playing and engaging and doing what what animals do but one of my children had to do a little assignment um for the trip away they had to do a report on somewhere that, on one of the trips that they did and so uh, my uh, daughter chose Australia Zoo. So she started taking photos. She said, Mama, what photos of all the different animals we've seen? She got a bit bored. And I said, I'll take the photos. I love taking photos. And so I decided to play this game of let's see if we can get the animals to pose. And I'm going to telepathically ask them. So I went over to where these two massive, beautiful, big turtles were. And there were all these photo- uh, tourists that were taking photos of them. I moved away from where the tourist group was, around the fence to be alone, and I telepathically just sent out love to these beautiful animals and explained that it would be gorgeous if they could come and pose for a beautiful photo that could educate the children in my daughter's class about these beautiful creatures. Yeah. That was really all I said telepathically and then just kept uh, projecting love to them. Well, over they came, out came the next. They put one got up and kind of posed on the back of the other's shell. It was the most beautiful pose. There was the photo. And that's I thought, amazing. oh, that's so gorgeous. And I thanked them, sent them infinite <laughs> love and gratitude, thanked them so much, and then we moved on. Well, we did about 90 different animals that day, and I reckon I got 85 of them posed. I had birds pose. I had elephants. I got the message, turn your video on. The elephants trumpeted for me. I had, and, and, you know, then it became this game. So I started moving away from the pack. So we're at the tiger's enclosure and there's, you know, a dozen people all taking photos of, and they're right in front of where the tigers are. So I'll go off to the left and the tigers come over. I was energetically pulling these animals everywhere. It was incredible. Little birds stopping and just turning their head, opening their eyes and staring. The, the, the eye contact was incredible. This was to me, proof you know if I'd pulled off you know three or four five I would have gone that's awesome and I would have been happy I was happy with just the first um tortoise photos yeah yeah but to get that kind of result was incredible I have a friend uh who I was trying to get her to do more walks in nature um channeling that she needs more walks in nature she said Rebecca I would love to she said but I am just so scared of snakes I've just got such this fear of them I'm like yeah yeah okay pass life go and clear that out however what you need to do before you go for your bushwalk is 
And this is something that I read a long time ago along the lines of something Aboriginals used to say before they went out on the hunt in the morning. So the way that they would word it was something along the lines of um, deer animals, we are coming in this direction today. Um, we are looking for those of you to offer up sacrifices to us for the hunt or to feed our tribe. And, you know, you're obviously very um, worthy and we give great thanks and honour to those of you that will present to us and then they would go through and wow. hunt. Now, if you flip it, I said to my girlfriend, all right, so this is what you need to do. Dear snakes and wildlife, I am coming through this path today. I ask respectfully that you stay out of my way and I will stay out of yours. I will, you know, leave and leave nothing but my footprints behind. I will not, you know, impede upon your territory, but I ask that, um, you yeah, my boundaries be respected. And I love that because I do that with spiders in my home. Okay. So, you know, I don't like spiders. As in, does anybody really? Well, if they're, if they're big and fat and they move fast, unfortunately, the shoe's coming out. <laughs> really? That's the only thing I kill. <laughs> but I don't. I try really hard not to. Really hard. But I'll just tell a story. So when I was, uh, I'd just given birth to Tara, so she was a few months old, and I was incredibly hormonal, as we all are, and emotional, etc. And this, I saw this spider, this big fat spider, running across the carpet to go into her room. No way was that spider getting near my precious newborn baby, right? Out came the shoe, whacked it on there, and then off ran about a 100 babies. <gasps> she was carrying all these babies. So what did I do? What? Rang my husband at work and sobbed on the phone for 10 minutes about how I just killed this mother and all these baby spiders. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm making real jokes about myself, but this is seriously how I live as an empath. This is this is the challenges, uh, one of the many challenges. Simon's used to expecting his wife call up crying over somebody's over a spider's babies on the phone. Yes, I know. Oh. Um, but so now it's a case of we really have got in our house quite good at catching the spiders and sending them out to the garden. Mm. Um, but if they're big and they move fast, I try energetically to get them to go outside. So I actually have one in my uh, bedroom this morning. And I've just, when I left to, to come and join you, I um, I just said, you know, you'd be much happier out in the elements, darling. So off you go. One of the signs that I first knew that my vibration was really starting to go places through, you know, self-work and lightness and spirituality was you know, it would get to the point where I'd be, I'd just be in the bathroom doing my everyday thing, like coming in, have a shower, brush your teeth, get ready for the day. And there'd be like, let's say, a millipede or an ant or something in the sink. And I'd think to myself, like normally, you know, in the good old days, I'd go and brush my teeth, wash it down with the water, you know, just, just wash it down the drain. Cause you just, you know, life's about tidying up really, isn't it? And <laughs> do you reckon? Oh, like, you seen my home? They're <laughs> going me somewhere. So, you know, and then I just reached a point where my hand would pause and I'd think, what right do I have to take that animal's life just like that? I don't care if it's a grub on the floor or if it's an ant or a millipede. It is part of the consciousness. It is me and I am it and we are all the same interconnected energy. And if I kill it, I'm killing a part of myself. I'm, I can't just be stomping in like this big giant murderer that just crushes everything in its path, you know. And so. And so from now on, I'll either give the message to them, guys, I'm about to turn the hot water on now, so either you move out or, you know, um, or I'll actually move them out of the way. I, I, I'm not, I, I've done the toothpaste, the spitting it down the drain and trying to avoid them. Avoid them. You know? Because <laughs> this is quite Buddhist too, you know, they don't it, That's where I, re where I really got the concept of, of, of souls and energy balancing. It was through, yeah, definitely through Buddhism, through Buddhism. that I really – 
kind of got it. And it's respect for life in all of its forms. And this is something that I've tried to pass on to my children. You know, when <laughs> God, I'll never remember this one day I was out in the yard and I was being, I was in my full hippie pagan earth mother self. And look, Tom, here's a beautiful little snail crawling along the leaf and look at its eyes giving the whole nature lesson, you know, respect for life. Tom sticks out his foot and squashes it flat. Typical little boy. I know, but that's what kids and toddlers will do, you know. And and I I was just like destroyed. Like I was just just respecting this life form and you've just killed it. Anyway, but I do try and teach the children, you know, if something comes into the house like a a spider or a gecko or whatever it is, I'll always show them how we just remove it. And I'll tell the children, we've got to take him back outside to his mummy. He's got to go. That's what I do to the family. Yeah, back to his his family. And that's what, back to the millipede in the sink. Why to know that millipede does not have some highly evolved form of awareness that we we will never have any idea about where he's got sisters, brothers, nephews. He might be doing energetic, harmonic clearing work in my bathroom. Who knows? Someone might go in and assume that I'm a higher level. What's the thing about fish? You know that if a fish dies, it actually has taken a hit for you. Well, fish often die in the bowl because they're representing something going on in the family, like a death or an ending or a toxicity or something that's not being dealt with. That fish will tend to really mirror that. And animals as well, their entries and exits are fascinating with with the family dynamics. I want to speak about cats too because, you know, cats, of course, were worshipped in ancient Egypt. They had their own temples. They were mummified. There was Bast, the cat goddess. You know, they, they really understood that cats had a much deeper significance. And I've read in the past that, if anyone owns a cat, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There's there's two things that cats always do. The first one is they always, if somebody comes to the house who hates cats, the cat will always go and sit on the person's lap, always. The second thing yes, is... Yes, they do do that, don't they? They always go to people who hate them. Yes, the second or th- allergic to them. Yes. The second thing that they do is if you've ever been like cleaning out a funny space in your house, like a back of a cupboard that never gets opened or you've opened a box or a suitcase or something, the cat will always go straight into it and sniff it out and have to explore it, right? I love odd spaces. Now, the understanding is that the cat's purr is some kind of a sound therapy where it's reharmonizing spaces and clearing spaces. So that's why they're going to people who are blocked emotionally and aren't feeling the love or whatever who who hate cats to reharmonize and heal them. And that's why they're going into dead energy spaces with stagnant energy to like refunctuate the space, like to bring in some fresh energy and to rebalance and harmonize it. Hey, you know how I started this as a bit of a joke that my dog's a half dog, half cat? Yes. Well, she's been doing this weird kind of little growling kind of rumbling sound in her throat. Okay. My home needs a massive detox. Yeah. Well, it's a big clean out. Who knows? Because we can learn from the animals. The animals have so much wisdom. You know, this was a, such a great analogy, you know, with giving birth. You know, we think that we need men in stethoscopes and white coats and stretchers and machines that go bing and all this stuff to give birth. What does a goat do? Like, what does a dog do? There was a lovely uh, video kicking around on social media yesterday of a giraffe giving birth. Yes, I saw. Really beautiful. And Did they, you see that one too? And, and they go off into, they find their private, beautiful space, either under the stars or in the field, or they prepare a little nest because their body can feel the time is coming. They don't need someone to tell them with a, an, a, an app calculator that this is when they're going to have their due date. They just feel it coming on. They go, they surrender to their body with full trust that all will be well. The animal or baby or babies are born, they lick them clean, and on, and on life goes. Like, you know, if we had more uninterrupted birth like that. And death. You know, I just said to someone the other day, have you noticed that you never walk through the streets in the bush or anywhere and just find dead animals lying around? Now, you might find roadkill, but you do not just find a dead koala or a dead cat or a dead kangaroo or a dead bird just no, like. No, you don't. They go somewhere to die. They feel it coming. 
Where do they go? I don't know. Maybe someone can let us know if they're a wow. zoologist. Animals just I've have, never even given that thought. They, you don't see just dead animals lying around. You don't. You don't see, so you see roadkill, but that's it. Apart from roadkill, you just don't. They, they've got their own systems worked out. They go somewhere. They're very, very wise. Soul fragments in pets. Well, here's the thing. It's so okay. Going right off track here. My question is because I'm not too sure what I quite believe on this or feel on this. So I definitely believe that every creature has a soul. However, is it a part of a full soul? Is it a full soul? Can we be reincarnated as a different soul, as a different creature? What do you think, Beck? Um, in my experience looking at past lives, I have not seen people as animals, but I've had people come to me tell me they can remember it. Right. So, hey, I'm open to anything. Right. I don't know. I don't really know. I definitely know that there's a lot of energy in there that is beautiful soul of some sort and it's got to be honoured. But it's absolutely apparent to me at the same time that animals have, I think they sometimes have soul fragments in them. So they may well be their own entity or soul consciousness or personality, but I think they can also act as hosts. Now, I'm particularly talking about things like cats and dogs and any animal that comes and really domestically befriends you and hangs out with you. They can often have um, a fragment in them from maybe a person, for example, you've known in a past life. And I know I know that if you've just joined us for the first time, we sound nuts right now. But I have had <laughs> enough experiences with this in my own life. And, you know, if you've ever met someone, um, I just was with a woman the other day, so devastated about the passing of it of a dog like grieving for it like you would at a real human's funeral you know a real human well, not like you know as opposed to a pretend human's funeral but anyway <laughs> but like you know there's no doubt that animals can affect us absolutely as deeply mm. as the relationships we form over a lifetime with a human being don't they absolutely and why is it that some animals we naturally either have an immediate resonance with or a bit of a weird standoffish with just the same as we do with humans who either belong to our soul family or are back to push our buttons it's fascinating i love how creatures will so often you know particularly domestic like cats and dogs will will come and lick or sit on the part of your body that is needing healing yeah you know you, yeah. you you've not your leg, and, and, and that will be where they will cuddle right up on. Well, they're they're just pure intuitive energy. I mean, they're just pure now moment vibration, mm. aren't they? Mm. They're so pure. I, you know, sometimes if I've had people at my house and I've been doing readings or just healings or just just counselling them because they're upset, the cat will always come and get in that person's lap again. It's that they just know when somebody needs a bit of love. Yeah, they? which is just magic, mm. pure magic. It is. So what are some of the things you think animals can teach us How and how can they – communicate and teach us that it's this simple if you look out the window and you watch a bird building her nest i can guarantee you that she's not thinking oh look marsha's nest is bigger than mine oh i wonder where he got those twigs from or oh better get this done by thursday you know oh does my bum look bigger than this <laughs> birds animals do not think in these ridiculous ways that we think you know if you ever need a slap in the face now moment grounding reminder just Spend some time playing with or observing animals in the wild or at home domestically because they are, they and babies are the two living embodiments of Buddhist now moment that you will ever find. Their thoughts are not in the past and not in the future. They exist yeah, solely for the presence, presence and they have no negative self-talk going on that I'm aware of really because, I don't know, because their brains are just wired differently to human brains. 
they're not worrying about all the crap we worry about. So I think I think the whole spending time in nature thing isn't just about let's look at the pretty sunset and smell the flowers. It's about actually rem- being reminded by our third and feathered brothers and sisters that there's a gentler, easier way to be. What about Noah's Ark, Beck? Give me your thoughts there. <laughs> well, I, I went and saw it. And um, it's actually a very good movie. I was a bit worried about it for a few reasons. But um, it was very dark, very gritty, very realistic and very well thought out. And animals aside, because obviously there's a huge theme about animals in Noah's Ark, duh, um, I felt like the whole movie was a metaphor for the divine feminine versus the divine masculine, actually, which almost takes us into a different category. It does take us into a different category. Um, but the whole energy was – was sorry, the whole movie was about – a line drawn between the two energies of everything we talked about, alpha, yang, Mars, go get it, violent, aggressive, mental, all of that, versus softer, right brain, yin, feminine, intuitive, daydreamy, imagination, all those energies, which are the women in the movie, the water in the movie, all of the water in, in, that rains down, all of the animals in the movie, and all of the trusting in the creator that goes on in the movie. It's absolutely fascinating. And in amongst all of those themes, we've got all of these amazing animals who, again, beautifully illustrate instinct, primal, natural, animalistic instinct in knowing where they need to be, what they need to do, the right way to get home, so to speak, as in get back to source. Um, you have to see it to understand what I mean, but we know animals do this. It's about putting our own egos aside, um, thinking that we know best and learning again. Have, have you had any experience with, with dolphins? Have you oh, swum with yes, dolphins? I have swum with dolphins in Bali. It was amazing. Let's talk about dolphins. Absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I believe they are the energetic balances and kind of the good guy boss of the sea. Yeah. Do you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is right, that they are the only creature that no other animal eats. Well, and I've also... I mean, they can get eaten by mistake, by being mistaken for a seal. Ah. Only, but it's only by mistake. Yeah, okay. I've also heard that whales and dolphins are... Whales, dolphins and humans on this planet all have the same type of soul. So if you kill a whale, for example, it's exactly the same karma as if you killed a human being. Which we must celebrate that um, international court ruling that came out recently. That's a great step in the right direction, isn't it? 30 years too. Yes, I know, I know, Um, I know. But hey, better the late than never, and it's a step in the right direction. few more needed, but we'll get there. There's a mob in Hawaii who um, bring dolphins in to be midwives. So they have ocean births. Women come and give birth in the water, and the dolphins swim up and assist with the births. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. Well, it was interesting, this this Bali. I was a little sceptical about going to do this because you, you get on a boat and you go out to like this pontoon, man-made pontoon, and they have gates that they open up every morning. They don't guarantee that there's going to be any dolphins there. So they can come if they, they want to. They can come if they want to. Yeah. Now, they've been so well fed repeatedly day after day after day that the dolphins, I think, do keep coming to get their food. Yeah. However, in the bigger picture is that if they really, if they were being mistreated, if they didn't want to be interacting with humans, they don't have to swim through those gates. Right. They're out and, 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 um, doing their thing freely. Yeah. So yes, we had the most beautiful experience of this gorgeous dolphin. Mm. Yeah. They'd been very trained and did all the tricks and everything. But again, 
I'm hoping that they're doing that by choice. But I have a beautiful story about dolphins that uh, I want to quickly share. My youngest child was in kindergarten, so four years old, and we did a um, excursion to the beach because we live on a beach suburb and so it was just a walk from the kindy. We went down the beach and the children were lined up on the water's edge. So there were probably about 30 children, so they were probably about, you know, 20 metres from one end to the other, and there was a bit of rolling surf going on down at Glenelg. The dolphins appeared, four dolphins appeared, and for about, I reckon it was a good solid 10 minutes, mm. all they swam and they surfed the surf, but they only surfed it from where the first child was to where the last one was. Wow. It was like, so once I saw one, I started, I called them in, I did the telepathic thing and said, why don't you come and show yourself to these beautiful four-year-olds who have never perhaps seen you before? Come and show how amazing you are. They'll be so excited. So I did that. So I'm claiming fame that I pulled them in. I'm sure everybody else was doing exactly the same thing. So it's all good. And they came and they performed yeah. and it was just amazing. Oh, such respect for the animal kingdom. And if you have got an animal that you do feel worried about, like if it does seem to be presenting with an emotional block or something that your heart of hearts knows is wrong, actually put into Google um, pet telepathy because there's some awesome psychics out there who just specialize in talking to your pets and reading them. Um, of course, you could always take them to like a holistic vet as well um, and any number of other, you know, holistic practitioners who I'm sure if you rocked up and said, look, I know that you work on people, but I've got I've got a dog or a cat. Um, could you please look at my animal for me? You know what? I'm sure that they would. Okay. Thank you for joining us today. I open my heart to connect with the divine creatures within my world. We're on thewellnesscouch.com every week. Love Life Show for free, half an hour every Wednesday, and we love getting all of your feedback and messages through our Facebook page. Which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. That's all one word. Love to hear from you. Have a gorgeous week. Look after your animals and yourself. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.